In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. Guys, welcome to an all-new episode of So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. This is Ryan Bailey. This is your Wednesday episode, you guys. I forsake you this week. 
I didn't release a Tuesday episode. Things got out of hand. And when I miss one step in this whole process, it throws the whole train off. So I screwed you guys out of a Tuesday episode. And I know that breaks your trust. And I'm not even joking. I get how frustrating that is. Uh, I could say, yeah, go listen to me on uh, Reality Gaze or Pink Shade, who I guest, uh, guest potted with this past week. By the way, hello, if you guys are trying me out for the first time. Those other podcasts are amazing, and I was so happy to guest on them. But no excuse. It's just that when I can't find a file and it gets to be like 3 in the morning, and just to be honest with you guys, too, it was mentally a bad day. These are all excuses. It's still, uh, don't worry, I beat myself up about it myself. But yesterday, Monday was a bad day that turned into an even worse night. And then once I finished taking all the notes on Summer House, which, by the way, wild episode, it's, you know, I love that Summer House this season is daring to ask the questions, what if summer wasn't fun, but what if it was a lot of really in-depth relationship stuff and then a, a new cast member that loves to eat two pounds of ground turkey? I love shows like that. I'm ready for that journey. But um, I finished taking notes and then I just... Uh, I couldn't find the interview file from today that I wanted to uh, play for you guys. And it just got to be too much. And I knew I needed to sleep. So I thought I would be able to release it. I'd get up, I'd release it and like midday. And then that I, I realized I had an inner anyways, once it gets to be noon and I haven't released an episode, it kind of screws it for the next day because I don't want you guys to have to be like, oh, crap, I have to listen to that and I have to listen to this if you like to listen to every episode, which you might not even like to do. But that in my head was just like, OK, what if I just pieced two episodes together today and gave you an extra long program, which is what we're going to do today. So you're going to not only get a full solo summer house recap, we're going to do a bunch of news stories as well, but you're also going to get an interview. Now, today's interview, I meant to put this out in November of 2021. And this was supposed to be, I don't know if you guys, if you guys listened, uh, for the last year, there was a week when I was celebrating like my 200th episode and I was putting like people that inspired me to kind of be where I am today. And this gentleman that we have on today uh, was a big part of that. And it's weird with this, this guy, because he really is the creator of a lot of pop culture in the terms of how we talk about it in the terms of gossip sites. Uh, he really was at the forefront, especially when, um, social media and the internet took hold. He was at the forefront of this. He saw it all firsthand and created a lot of the things and even the terminology that we still use today. So today's guest is the one and only Perez Hilton. Um, and I say this in the intro, uh, in fact, I don't even remember what I say in the intro. I remember being really nervous to speak to him as I am. But you got to remember, you guys, I'm probably a little older than you. I'm in my 20s and <laughs> I I used to. And I think we all were if we, we were around this time period, I would go on this dude's website, PerezHilton.com. I would say 80 times a day, you know, that's probably lowballing it. But I worked at a nightclub called Monroe's. I was the general manager there, and I fell into that job in such a weird way. But I loved 
celebrities and I love celebrity gossip. And this was like prime time. This was like Lindsay Lohan was still underage, Britney Spears. That was when she was uh, getting the um, going out with Paris Hilton and all of these kind of iconic things that we still remember to this day. And he was the guy reporting on all of this. And, you know, we know him to be like he was the guy that did like the cum bubbles on, uh, you know, on the pictures and that he would put up. And I remember laughing my asses off at all of it. And now years later, you know, we see what happened to Britney Spears and we see what happened to Lindsay Lohan. And I know um, Perez or Mr. Hilton, um, I know he feels very deeply about this. But doing what I do, I sometimes, I can't say that I wouldn't do the same. Or or you guys will even hear me. I say my real thoughts to you guys about uh, reality stars. And and about uh, pop culture figures, movie stars, music stars. I tell you my real thoughts. And I could see where down the line that can get somebody into trouble. And I do remember Perez became a star himself. This was somebody that was working out of a tiny cubicle at a coffee bean and tea leaf on Sunset Boulevard when all of this took off. And he was really good at it. I was very entertained. And I really didn't think about who was hurt in the process because you really don't think about that because you think everybody, these are all stars. Who could possibly be hurt? You know, and I also knew that it was gossip and gossip did not get invented with Perez Hilton. Gossip has a long line of people that I mean, we there's gossip from the beginning of time. Right. But there's been gossip in the 40s, 50s in terms of like, you know, movie stars, music stars. Uh, there have been, uh, you know, people that have covered up. Um, gay relationships uh, through many decades. There's been, uh, you know, so many things that I think now people are more comfortable with, but, you know, but you've always heard whispers, which I find fascinating because now these things really aren't whispers anymore. We're, We're confronted with pop culture and gossip and rumors. I mean, every minute of every day, what Perez started, I mean, it has gone so huge. My podcast and and a lot of podcasts that involve entertainment would not be around if there were not people like Perez Hilton or TMZ or the Daily Mail. And I'm not going to lie to you and say, I don't go on TMZ every day. I don't go on the Daily. You guys know I find this fascinating, but I also take everything with a grain of salt now. I know how these things go, and especially when we're in the culture of Demois, right? I mean, that's that's gossip on steroids, because as Dumas says, um, you know, she doesn't verify these, you know, these could be completely made up. And she even realizes they completely are sometimes by PR companies. But this will always be around. So I I uh, I remember he really I'm not I remember like he really did inspire me. I'm not going to lie. And, but I do find it fascinating also where he is now. You know, this guy is a hustler. He's still doing his website. He is the CEO of the CBD company, which we talk about. He has a podcast. He, I mean, but I got to tell you, and, and I was so excited to talk to this person. And I didn't, 
I didn't know when the right time to release this was. Poor Sandra, who books the show for me now, she like begs me to release this episode. But each time I felt kind of weird. And that was my fault, not Perez's. I felt kind of weird because we are in this day and age of Britney Spears, of seeing what happens, not just from gossip, but her family and all of this stuff that we didn't know. And it really has come to the forefront this year. And we saw how it really, um, it did not help her mental health, um, any of us talking about her. But also Perez was around in a time when if you watch that, like New York Times, Britney Spears documentary, I mean, all cameras were on Britney following her everywhere, not just Perez, everybody. And you see how that kind of worked out. So every time I would go to releases, there would be this huge Britney thing in the news. And I kind of felt uncomfortable. I don't know that. And by the way, that is just in my head. That is not nothing to do. Like I said, with you guys probably would have loved to have heard this. And really, it is my fault for not releasing this earlier. It's just that I was trying to really kind of think and sit with how I feel because this dude did mean so much to me in terms of like, I thought Perez Hilton was the shit. I still was so excited to talk to him. And I, 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 I got to speak with him for like 30 minutes and it was, uh, it was wild. I mean, I used to think about this guy on a daily basis and not that I don't anymore, but it's just interesting to actually be kind of involved in a lane that he's involved in now. But I, I do want to stress how important this man is to this pop culture that we love. It's like I talk about with Bravo and we have a history of reality shows now. He is an indelible. He has made a huge mark on pop culture, on gossip. He is a part of this. You know, he actually, there is, he's part of this story. He is part of the history that we all follow. Like, that. that I mean, I, I think it would be ignorant if we didn't admit that or give him credit for that. And like I say in this interview, I was like, man, you see these TV shows uh, on HBO. I'm like, how is there not a TV show of the early odds, of the early odds in celebrity pop culture, of the stars running around, of Perez Hilton as one of those people chasing these stories? I remember I talk about this in this interview too, you guys. I was at this restaurant on Sunset Boulevard called Ketchup. Yeah, there was a restaurant after a condiment. Sure, the, I guess mustard was taken. And I remember going with my ex because she was invited for some party. And Perez Hilton comes walking in at the height of his fame. And he's much skinnier now. He's all, you know, healthy and all that. I'm very jealous of that. He was, and it, But he was huge. And he was wearing this pink satin suit. And he came in like a king. And I remember like, Jesus, I was watching the crowd part for Perez Hilton. And I even got excited. Like, this was a star. This was a star in our midst. And I got all excited. And then I realized I was a grown man. Um, but I was still very excited, you guys. And uh, that is my relationship with Perez Hilton. And we don't really get to delve into all of the things and how he feels. By the way, this is right around the time 
we do get to talk a little bit about Britney, but it was before she was completely free from the conservatorship, all of this stuff. So we didn't get to fully, I would have killed to have this interview last week. Uh, this was right around the time when Kanye was wearing creepy masks. He still is wearing creepy masks, but he was wearing this kind of rubber creepy mask. And I know we talk about that in this interview. So um, as always, these interviews have timestamps, right? So I'm going to do a couple news stories. We'll get to the interview. I'll put that timestamp on there. If this interview isn't your thing, as you know, I know a lot of my interviews might not be your thing, then skip to it. We're going to do a commercial break and then we're going to come back. I'm going to do a solo summer house recap. It's just that easy, right? But I was very excited to talk to this man and um, it really was, it, it, it really did mean a lot to me because he is one of the reasons kind of why I do this stuff, not to be like him necessarily, but Definitely inspired me, definitely gave me this kind of thirst and hunger for celebrity gossip like he did for a lot of us. And that's the other thing, too. You know, people try to act like they weren't on his website clicking away 30 times a day. We all were there if you grew up in that period of time. I really just think that I know that to be true or that was my own experience living through that time. Um but anyways, I'll be interested to see what you guys think about it. Um, but it's a pretty standard interview, and I was really thankful for his time. I will put his CBD company, I will put that information on the show notes. Go check that out. I know he's a CEO of that. And, uh, I mean, he has managed to make a career for himself. It has been 20 plus years. He is now a proud dad of three. You can also go to his site, PerezHilton.com. He's on Instagram, all of that stuff. His CBD line is my true 10 and it's at my true 10 and they have CBD gummies, which you guys, that CBD stuff, it actually works for me. I don't know if you guys have found that to be the case as well, but yeah, I mean, really, truly awesome. Um, let's get to that interview actually right now. Then we'll do the commercial. Then I'll come back to a couple news stories and we'll get right into Summer House, okay? I'm so happy to talk to you guys today. Uh, once again, sorry for yesterday. I hope you had a good day and I hope you have a good day today. And let's just rock out the rest of the week. Here he is, the one, the only, Perez Hilton. Ladies and gentlemen, my next guest is somebody that I have really looked up to in terms of pop culture. The excitement that he created around uh, pop culture, I don't think there's ever anybody been like this in Hollywood that I remember uh, running a nightclub called Monroe's back in 2003 and Misha Barton and Greasy Bear were dating and they had sex in the upstairs bathroom and I would go into my office and I would be refreshing Prez every night at that bar because I was so obsessed with his website. He has gone on to do many other things, but I think he has such a huge hand in everything that we love. It all started with him. He built this excitement around all the stuff that we talk about today. And he created this. And I, there's so many questions. He's also promoting CBD gummies that I want to talk about. Um, but he has his hands in everything. But Perez Hilton, welcome to the show. My God. <laughs> Thank you. So you went from nightlife to podcasting. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, a, it's been a horrible, uh, I, I think there was acting in there somewhere, which you, by the way, he was in an episode of The Sopranos, you guys. He started off as an actor. Um, 
I got to say, though, like just first off, the most important question, why is Kanye wearing the masks? Is it scaring you as much as it's scaring me? He's wearing the masks because Kanye, like Madonna, (laughs) gets off on being artistic, which is great to really put effort into artistry. But sometimes it feels like such a try hard, you know, like the coolest of the cool are artistic and effortless. Like Adele, you know, Adele puts great thought and restraint into her artistry and she makes it seem normal. She doesn't tell us she's a genius. She just lets us decide that for ourselves where Kanye's always screaming, I'm a genius. Yes. Well, um, it's yay now. He yeah, legally yeah, sorry, changed. Sorry. He Can legally... he sue us if we say Kanye? <laughs> no, I don't think he'll sue us. <laughs> um, I uh, I also another great thing. Uh, you got me into so much great music. Like you, that one of the things that you did actually was so cool is that you. I remember when you were throwing concerts. I think at the Roxy or whatever. And I mean, Lady Gaga. You were like standing behind her, but you would also highlight these like kind of amazing artists because you're super into music as well. And uh, I, I always think that's another kind of amazing thing that doesn't get highlighted as much about you about kind of how on point your musical taste is. Has, have you always been a fan of uh, of music your entire life? Always. I mean, I was lucky enough to grow up with a mother that had a very eclectic record collection, everything from the Beatles to Latin music. And I remember my first concert ever changed my life really because it happened so young I was only six years old and I went to go see back then they were just called the Miami Sound Machine (laughs) Gloria Stefan's band and this was such a long time it's weird to think like now it's like I'm walking on eggshells a little bit with my kids because my (laughs) son is eight and my daughter is six and they remember things now for life (laughs) um but I remember it was such a long time ago some concerts maybe not all but the one that I went to to see Gloria it had an intermission concerts back in the day a lot of them used to have (laughs) intermissions and then for the encore they had these beach balls and they were throwing the beach balls in the air and into the audience and they did a gonga which was their hit at the time and Gloria invited anybody up on stage this was not in an arena it was the Dade County Auditorium in Miami at an auditorium I mean like probably like a 2,000 seater I'm guessing or a 3,000 seater but in your head it was probably 80,000 people when you were six years old you know exactly she invited everybody to come on stage who wanted to do the conga to go up on stage and do it with her and I bolted my parents stayed in, on their seats in their seats and I ran up on stage and when I was there I was like wow I'm not like other six-year-old boys I think I was the only six-year-old boy up <laughs> I'm on not stage. like other six-year-old boys I'm here at Miami Sound Machine but kind of I mean you do I think music feel makes us feel kind of special like I was just talking about how it really truly is the soundtrack of our lives we'll yeah. always remember who we broke up to with a song who our first dance with like I mean it really does mean so much to us um 
But speaking of that time period of what I was talking about, I remember, like, we always talk about celebrities growing up in the press. We always talk about watching people have this kind of evolution. And I think sometimes you kind of don't get the same uh, courtesy to grow up in the, because you've been now in the public eye for so long. It's gone by like a blip for me, but now we're, I mean, like, this is like, Eight, I mean, you've been doing like what 20 17 years? years. Okay, yeah. I remember watching you um go into this restaurant on sunset at the time. There was like some premiere party, it was called Ketchup or something. Like, there was always dumb restaurant names. Oh, god, and <laughs> yeah. you were in a pink satin suit outfit. Oh, my and iconic, came, I still have you, that. You came in like a king, the crowds parted. I remember going, Oh my god, it's Prez Hilton. Oh my god, like I was like, Should I get a picture? And like, I would do it. I was, but like, we also got to watch you physically transform. You used to be so much heavier than you are now. Um, we got to see you be a father, we got to see you all of these things. But it is interesting because a lot of the times now you have to kind of. I guess my question is, do you sometimes get not frustrated, but you have to apologize a lot for something that we all participated in. You were definitely groundbreaking and like a lot of people be like the doodles you put on your thing, but we were all there. We were all clicking. We were all refreshing, but you now have to apologize a lot. Is that sometimes frustrating to you because you're like, I'm growing up as well in this whole thing? Not at all. I've accepted that I, um, I don't have to keep doing that, but I yeah. will. Um, or maybe I won't anymore. <laughs> like who knows? No, but I maybe, like it because it maybe, shows that it shows that we all change. But it maybe is interesting. starting today, I'll stop fucking <laughs> apologizing because I feel like I've been a, on an apology yeah. tour for years. Um, I've also ex- it's not frustrating because I've accepted that. And I've also accepted that no matter how much I change or no matter how many times I apologize, in the eyes of most, I am irredeemable and apologies are not enough. And there is no um, thing I could do to make things right. Not even giving up all my money, which I'm not going to (laughs) do. But if if I did, if I donated all of my money for reparations, you know, to, to, to charity, people would say, well, that's great, but he's still an a-hole or that's nice. That does not erase his past or what an idiot. I can't believe he did that. Like I, I, I think there's almost nothing I can do, but you know what? I'm still freaking here and I'm an icon. I mean, you are like, I, I, I was totally in my booker. I was like, who are the people you want to talk to? And I was like, you were at the top of the list because oh, I was like, you, you really are like I, I always say about how um, uh, how much that period of time meant to me and how much me like, too. There, there is this, <laughs> well, but like there was this I romanticized Hollywood I, and I still do to a degree, even though I get jaded as I get more, you know, elderly. But like that period of time with like Lindsay and Paris and Brittany, we and who would have thought that Paris Hilton was the one that kept it all like in like really kind of kept it all in motion and and Brittany and Lindsay have had their struggles along the years but that period of time that you I mean, were able Paris, to highlight Paris had her struggles well no too. no had her struggles but like but, what she turned into of like this kind of yes. DJ with like 80 licenses on perfumes and and we get to see her mom no, Kathy I, now in Beverly Hills wow I think it's it's a testament to staying away from the hard stuff right like if she had a severe drug addiction like a Charlie Sheen situation her life probably would not have turned out how it did. 
and I, I'm not saying it's it's not a choice. You know, Charlie Sheen would have probably most likely preferred to have <laughs> avoided all of that. Yeah. Um, addiction is, is part of mental illness, I believe, uh, you know, mental illness oftentimes leads people to addiction. Um, but it's wonderful to see Paris now getting married and, um, advocating for other victims of abuse, which she revealed that she was when she went to that boarding school. Yeah. Um, it's nice to see this. She never went away, but you know, um, I wouldn't call it a comeback. I would call it a newfound appreciation of her, which she never used to get back in the day because people always thought she was like the Kardashians, famous for being famous or obnoxious or whatever it might be. Um, Where do you think, and this is kind of like, you've seen pop culture uh, takes ups and downs. Where do you think we are in terms of pop culture? Is there too much? I mean, we've got social media that didn't play a part as much as it didn't. I mean, we had MySpace and Friendster in 2002, (laughs) 2003. What do you think this almost hurts things? We don't have the big superstars like we used to. What's your opinion on that? I think that everything keeps evolving and the biggest evolution over the course of my career is the, commodification of politics as entertainment. I don't think it used to be that way in the early 2000s. I mean, yes, you still have. I mean, I don't even know exactly when Fox News launched, but, you know, because of social media and then because of the success of Fox News being the highest rated cable news and the it's all about money at the end of the day. Um, it's really been wild to see. And while there has been progress with celebrity coverage, I don't know if we've achieved the same progress as humans, meaning (laughs) on social media, it is commonplace and fully accepted to literally trash, humiliate, denigrate, bully people that don't agree with your political point of view. Yeah. My dad said, uh, you know, we used to be back in the day, you know, you could say, I respect your opinion, even though I don't agree with it. But now he's like, you can say, uh, I respect your opinion, but I hate you for it. <laughs> like, you know, like it's like their hate gets thrown in there and everybody has a voice now because of social media when, I mean, I hate to say this, but I feel like Maybe we all shouldn't have a voice. And I know that's horrible because some people don't know the responsibility of having a voice. You know, I do miss the days where there was a lot less social media. I'm not going to lie. I still love because you are at the forefront of being able to be people's uh, communication. Like, like I said, refreshing just you constantly all day. There was just less distraction, even for me. You know, I could do my job. It was. It wasn't an all consuming thing. You know, I could treat my job like a job and then I could go out to that party at night and enjoy that as well. Now it's like I have children, (laughs) so I can't do everything that I used to do. I I have to choose. So I choose sleep and my kids (laughs) as, as, as uh, being a father to your two, uh, has that changed three now three? Oh my God. I, I, well, I've watched the TikTok dances with the two. They were very good. Um, But have you, have, has that made you change? Like how you raise them of like watching Hollywood go through and you still live in California. I mean, I imagine 
that has got to be really tough of like, I can't have them go through a Hollywood lifestyle like I report about back in the day. I mean, don't get it twisted. Like I, I love my life. I love the perks that come with being Perez Hilton. And so do my kids, you know, they love going to premieres and events and concerts and whatever it it may be, uh, but they're normal kids. They hang out with their normal friends. I dress them in normal clothes. I don't take them out of school to go on vacation. Uh, you know, they're going to have a norm as normal of an upbringing as possible. Yeah. Um, I was watching, uh, well, first off, I was watching you as a talking head on the Brittany Murphy documentary on HBO Max, which was great to see you for such a tragic story. I felt like there's still a lot of unanswered questions that that documentary presented, but it was great to see you because you really are this pop culture commentator of like, that. that's to me, like, I want to know stories through your viewpoint as you get older. I think that is the money, but I was also watching American Crime Story and uh, you have Matt Drudge as a character. And uh, if the, the, I think the lore is true, you started off at a coffee bean and tea leaf on Sunset Boulevard, which is no longer there. I think it's yes, something a Starbucks else now. now. Which is just weird. Why make it another coffee store? But that was your, because you had free Wi-Fi there. Yeah. And, um, like, where is the, and I know this sounds, I, I don't think it sounds too crazy, but like, is there a multi-series in the work with HBO? Because if we told the story through your point of view, and then you would be able to like all of early 2000s through that little coffee shop and you could spin it off into all of these stories. Is that in the works? Because American Crime Story, kind of the drudge angle, I thought was so interesting. And I was like, Where, where's our pop culture angle on this? We have politics. Where's your story? Is it is it coming? I would love that. Um I don't even know how I would get that. Nobody's pitched that. Nobody's like had that in the like, because you no. were at this, especially with like, through the viewpoint of Britney today, watching her finally, like we, you know, the free Britney movement, watching where Lindsay is today. Listen, like, if, if anybody, if anybody paying attention to us right now wants to do that, hit me up. I'm very <laughs> easily reached. <laughs> yeah. He was, I'm talking to Ryan. I'm obviously very easy to reach. No, I mean, <laughs> but it is one of those things that I would be so fascinated. I would love to do that, that period I mean, of time. I don't you know? even, I don't listen. I love honesty and I feel like, authenticity is crucial. People have always expected and counted on me to be real. And I always have been, and I'm that way as well in my pr private life. I don't even have an agent at the moment. What? So what? I mean, that's wild to me. I mean, it is funny, like how I view you as opposed to maybe your reality. Like I, yeah, like, I don't have like an Mount agent. Rushmore of pop culture. You would be on that because you I, mean, I so want many things to, so I would love people. to do that. Um, <laughs> let's make it happen. Guys, we got, I mean, I know we have a wide audience. Come on. I heart radio. Let's do something here. Um, uh, so when you look back, what is your, uh, up to this point, your proudest moment of your career thus far? My proudest moment of my career. Cause you've done theater in New York. Mm -hmm. You unfortunately let Benji touch you on the Howard Stern show. I would say, the fact that I even had the career that I did because nobody really was doing it before me. Um, perhaps maybe Matt Drudge being the only other person, um, but he really didn't do it the way that I did. Um, 
he was a far more enigmatic, you know, behind the scenes character. And I purposely was front and center in the middle of it all. You became a character in it too. At times. Yeah. I would, I would, I would say also, you know, um, just actually just as important for me was my children's book that I wrote in 2011, which is so near and dear to my heart. It's called the boy with pink hair. And it's the thing that I'm, in addition to my career, it's the thing that I'm proudest of professionally. Well, as a gay man, watching uh, watching what's happened through the decades from, uh, you know, what I remember going to high school with and, and being, you know, having gay friends that were closeted and scared to come out and entertainment, such a huge part of having representation and all that. Where do you think we are now in terms of representation where we will have um, gay kids being able to see themselves represented and giving them a little bit more courage to be who they are? Do you feel that way or do you feel like we have so, so much further to go? That's a great question. Um, I don't think that anything done in an extreme way is good. So obviously inclusivity and representation matter and are important. But for example, you know, I've seen this more than like multiple times for young people, uh, pronouns are very important to them and putting pronouns in their social media bios. And I've seen young people attack celebrities for not putting their pronouns in their bio. I'm like, that's not hurting anybody. And just because that's right for you doesn't mean that's right for everybody. Um, Yeah. So I'm, it's, it's interesting to watch people uh, learn, like even my parents, my parents didn't know what pronouns were or that and having to explain to them. And they were like, oh, OK, well, I have no problem with that. I just had no clue it existed. You know, yeah. it was like people catching up to things. I'm happy where things are, but I also think that there's still a lot more room for improvement. Definitely. Yeah. Um, I, I have some Bravo celebrities that will, uh, get upset at me for saying something on my podcast about them or, you know, which is, uh, and the first time that happened, I was just so, I was, I took it so hard. I was like, oh no, I'm, I didn't mean it. I mean, I mean it, but it was a show. And, <laughs> I mean, do you, you've had to have some wild celebrity run-ins. Is there a couple that stick out in your head of like, oh shit, when it first started happening and have I gone too far or did that embolden you? And you just, cause I have to imagine you've heard from everybody at this point. Both, you know, back in the day, my MO was different, you know, back in the day before I realized, you know, you should not really say everything you're thinking. I would literally say everything that I was thinking, even if it was the most awful thing. And I would justify my behavior by feeding my brain BS narratives and saying, well, I'm saying what a lot of people are thinking. And I would literally, it was like that bully in the school playground that would throw a rock at somebody hoping and wanting to get a reaction. Um, And I was rewarded for that bad behavior. So I kept doing it and bigger and more. But I remember like Roseanne, she 
once wrote, this was a long time ago. She wrote that she wanted to kidnap me, take me to her farm in Hawaii, say that I was trespassing and shoot me. That was pretty wild. And well, Hawaii is um, such a nice place. If you're specific, gonna to, yeah. If you're gonna I mean, I've, <laughs> I've never been to free Hawaii. Trip, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I don't even know if she still has a, a farm in Hawaii, though. <laughs> no, it's just interesting. I mean, like I hear. I mean, actually, Howard Stern has a great Roseanne story as well. Now they're like BFFs, but like uh, Stern will always talk about, like, oh man, I used to say this wildest shit about this person, and it's wild to run into them now and have to be like, well, I was trying to get a reaction, and da da da. And I imagine like that must happened like did kathy hilton ever come at you for paris did rick no. ever come at you nothing no um, they're lovely i have a couple more minutes left with you so just really quickly what are your thoughts on kravis uh we got the engagement on sunday uh travis bought a small flower store and put it on a ocean somewhere what are your thoughts did you know it was about to take place did you get uh anybody tip you off beforehand I think they've actually been engaged for a while and they just recreated their engagement for the upcoming Hulu show. <laughs> um, yeah, totally. But I love it, man. Like life is short. And if you find somebody that you feel is worth getting married to, why not? Hopefully they're aware of everything that comes with marriage. I mean, clearly People Magazine is reporting, and I think they're very reputable. People Magazine is reporting that Courtney wants to have a child with, with um, Travis. And I believe that she previously on the show may have frozen some eggs. So that's not going to be an issue. Is that the family you're the most impressed with? Because we lived through the proliferation and rise yeah. of that family with the Ray J. T I mean, I remember when Kim was dating Nick Lachey for a couple dates because of Paris Hilton. Yeah, to, I, mean, I remember that too. Does it blow you away to watch what they've created? I mean, it's also a representation of pop culture in its whole. Does it blow me away? No. Um, but I have a different take on it. They were... A typical, they were typical reality TV stars for a very long time. The whole transformation and shift didn't happen right away. It took a while. And what it actually took was four or five years into their career. It took Kanye West. Because if you remember prior to, to Kim getting with Kanye, she was coming off her failed marriage to Chris Humphreys that lasted just a matter of months <laughs> yeah, and yeah. public opinion on her and her family was at an all time low. And then Kanye came, started dating Kim and elevated not just Kim, but her entire family. He, and some people might say, think I'm totally wrong. He turned her into an A-lister because, you know, Kanye, especially a decade ago, was the biggest rapper of all time, you know, yeah, right up yeah. or right up there with Jay-Z. So in a way he made Kim his Beyonce, you know, because prior to Kanye, like the fashion industry didn't even invite Kim Kardashian inside. She was kept far away. They wouldn't lend her clothes she would never be on the cover of Vogue. Now she's on the cover of Vogue. She's co-hosting the Met Gala, all of these things because of Kanye West. 
He he redid her closets and her fashion and he saved that family. And when he elevated them all, that's when Kris Jenner swooped in and really then (laughs) She saw the moment, like, yeah. yeah. She's like, wow, things are going in a different direction. And Chris, we forget, but she grew up or not she, but well, grew up. I mean, in the sense that when she got with Robert Kardashian, she was still really young. Like I think 23, 22, something like that. She was a child basically. And she grew up in this industry and had very famous friends. You know, her best friend of decades is the wife of Irving Azoff, one of the most powerful men in the music industry. So she had the connections she knew what to do to really set her children up for long-term success. And boy, are they ever now. I think someday there's going to be a fight over a war in Calabasas between the Smith, the Pinkett Smiths and the Kardashians. It seems like they, you know. What will happen, not anytime soon, but in 40 years or so, there will be a lot of drama, unfortunately, with the cousins, because look at the Jackson family. There's a lot of drama amongst all of the Jackson children, because unless every family member makes, I mean, I think Kim and Kylie and their children, their grandchildren will be set, but, you know, then again, it's, but it's weird. Cause like, if I had that kind of money, you just want to keep giving it to your children without having to have them work or with no incentive. I don't know. But you even hear with the, the Jacksons, you, you know, you hear Paris and, and Blaine, like they have a hard time accessing their dad's uh, money. And also, you know, when you have that many siblings, that many cousins, that, that many relatives, and if you want to keep a career in show business, there's going to be competition. There's going to be rivalries. There's going to be jealousy. There's going to be drama. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I find that fascinating. You're totally right. Like, and I love that you make the point that what I take from that is pop culture is circular. Everything like happens again, like the same stories keep repeating itself. Yeah. It's just that we hear about the stories a lot quicker. And uh, anyway, so uh, as we start wrapping up here, as we wrap up, I just wanted to mention uh, the CBD gummies right now. My true 10. What are these? What is CBD? Like, can't I mean, do you know, like it's not weed. It's not no. weed at all. It's well, there are you can some, use this. There are some CBD gummies that also have THC in them. Mine don't. My true 10 is THC free. So you can get it in every state. There are still some states where it's not legal to buy or sell THC products. Um, But even if it were legal nationwide, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't. I mean, maybe I would, but. (laughs) But I like that I'm doing this because it's, it's authentic to me. Like I take CBD and it really helps me. I'm not a THC fan. It does not help me. I'm one of those. Yeah. Yeah, I'm one of those people that has the opposite, which I've since found out is a fairly common reaction. THC makes me paranoid. It makes me not good. Um, (laughs) So uh, there's so many benefits to it. People use CBD for different purposes. Um, 
You can check out our website, mytrue10.com and read all of our reviews. They are third party verified. So we use this provider that makes sure that everybody leaving a comment actually has bought our product. So it's not just us leaving the same comments over and over again. It's real people. (laughs) You forget to switch your burner and it's like, yeah, yeah, no, no. it's real people leaving these comments and it's really helped folks. And I like that. It's not expensive, you know, 10 milligrams of CBD per gummy and you can get ours for 10 bucks as little as 10 bucks at mytrue10.com and they're water soluble, which is different for most other CBD products out there that are you know, the oils or an oil-based gummy. Or, um, I don't think any other ones are doing their gummies like we do ours. And you guys entering the holiday season, this sounds like the perfect stocking stuffer. We always do a holiday episode yes. and we're going to do one again, but this is perfect. This is something to throw in the stocking at a very minimal price, or you can also use it for, I know I used to buy like Blockbuster Video $5 DVDs. You can do this and go to the gift exchange with just like 20 of these and hand them out to all your friends. I think this is the right time to actually do that. Uh, I'm probably going to buy some for my parents. Um, I'll tell my dad there is THC in it and I'll tell my mom because <laughs> she actually deals with a lot of pain. So um, uh, you also have, of course, PerezHilton.com, Instagram. I've got my own podcast with Chris Booker. Yeah. I mean, you really have your hands in all of it, but I do want to say thank you for inspiring me um, oh. to do uh, what I do um, very poorly. You really <laughs> were the top for me. So it is a true honor to speak to you. And I, I don't even thank mean that you. in a joking way. So thank, thank you for you. spending the time with us today. And hopefully I'll get to talk to you sometime down the line. Yeah. Hit me up. Okay. Bye, dude. Thank you so much. Have a good one. Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I got to tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from 30 performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash 
credit card. You guys, uh, it is time for my favorite part of the show where we get to talk about our sponsors. And this week, So Bad It's Good is sponsored by the one and only streaming service Sundance Now. So uh, after a long day, I just want to curl up on the couch, as a man does, and get lost in a gripping story with characters I can love. And sometimes I get tired of those being real housewives. Uh, So I don't think it's too much to ask that I actually watch a fictional story, a story with amazing characters, great acting, all of that stuff. And that you go to find that nowhere else with Sundance now. So with Sundance now, you always have something to watch that is binge worthy. And that is the name of the game. uh, And also something you can be obsessed with. Sundance now is an ad free streaming service created by AMC networks. You guys know AMC walking dead pretty much every amazing show ever. (laughs) So it's for people who obsess over riveting storytelling and fresh perspectives. Sundance now has original prestige dramas, international thrillers, and bone-chilling true crime shows. Every show is a sleek production with sexy lead characters. Uh, They've got shows like the hit British series A Discovery of Witches, which is now entering its third season. Uh, It's the perfect mix of like period drama, romance, and edge-of-your-seat thrillers. Uh, Season 1 and 2 are streaming, but like I said, season 3 is uh, premiering. It just premiered on January 8th. So there's seven episodes in the third season. I love that it's not 20 episodes, and the finale drops on February 19th. In the final series of A Discovery of Witches, Matthew and Diana return from their trip to 1590 to find tragedy at September Tours. They must find the missing pages from the Book of Life and the book itself before it's too late. Their enemies are gearing up against them, and a monster from Matthew's past who has been lying in wait will return for Revenge. Wow, that actually does sound uh, like a Real Housewife show. Uh, TV Guide says it's pure catnip for fans of this genre. LA Times says elegant and satisfying. Uh, you can stream Sundance now on all of your favorite devices for as low as $4.99 a month. That is very low. Just download the app or watch online and discover exclusive shows from around the world instantly. So, um, Find your next TV obsession on Sundance Now. Try Sundance Now free for 30 days by going to SundanceNow.com and use promo code SOBAD. That's SundanceNow.com code SOBAD for 30 days of free streaming. I mean, guys, that that is free. That's free for 30 days. You can just get it. Like, come on. That's free for 30 days. That's amazing. Promo code SOBAD, and I'll put that in the show notes as well. And now... All right, you guys, Perez Hilton. How how was that? Did you guys let me know what you thought of that? I I, I feel I'm so sorry for releasing that so long after I had done it. Uh, it is I can't explain sometimes how weird it is to do this and to talk to as many people as I do and then try to like schedule things in my head. Oh, and by the way, a lot of people are asking about the Tom Sandoval interview uh, because, of course, we had the first part of the Vanderpump Rules reunion tonight. And by the way, you guys, I thought it was excellent, and I'm not joking. I thought it was so, so good. Uh, The Sandoval interview is coming. We will be promoting his East Coast tour with Tom Sandoval and the most extras. I think this is an interview worth waiting for, but I understand your frustration. So I'm so sorry about making you wait for that one. I do just need approval for it. 
Uh, but there's a lot of great interviews coming up besides Tom Sandoval. I assure you, I had the best conversation today with somebody that's going to air on Thursday. She wrote a book that I read over Christmas, and I just had the best conversation. I think you. I really hope you guys like this because I had such – it really kind of pulled me out of the dumps because uh, I just got so excited, and it reminded me why I love – why I love, uh, you know – pop culture, why I love all of these things and the internet and the Kanye and Julia Fox of it all, even though I think it's so ridiculous, it's fascinating. There is this kind of weird art to it. And I know you guys feel that too. Um, a lot of stuff I want to talk about before the summer house, but let's try to break this down a little bit. Vanderhump, Vanderhump, the Vanderhumpers, the Vanderhump reunion part one of the ninth season. I thought it was great because spoiler alert, it starts off with a bang. DJ James Kennedy and Raquel Levis announced that they are ending their engagement and they are breaking up. And it is, I mean, from a perspective of this is real, it's very sad for them. But from the perspective of I'm watching a TV show, it was the perfect way to start a reunion. And I was like, finally, we have, okay, we have a two-part reunion here, but, you know. And the great thing is, I've said this all week to you guys, but tomorrow or today is the second part of the reunion, so we don't have to wait two weeks in a row. And then tonight's one all delves into the Randall Emmett Lala stuff because Lala, um, Schwartz, and Katie were not there because of COVID. Um, so they come in like three-fourths of the way through this one, and I don't know why they came in so late, but they came in and we got to hear James Kennedy say to them that what we already knew that they split up and Schwartz is like, yo, but that's cool though. Cause sometimes people will be with somebody for like 20 years and then, you know, like it, it just, it's not good for them. And I, I shit you not, I hate to say this, but weren't we all thinking like, I mean, you guys kind of don't seem like you're that great sometimes. And, and I, I do want to say, remember, like, I, I know some Vanderpump Rules cast might listen to this show or, or they have. This is just from the information presented on screen, right? If we were taking a test about Vanderpump Rules and we were saying, what does this relationship look like based on the information presented? We would all think similarly, right? Like, I'm not the only one that thinks these things. I can we all kind of see it. So it was this like really crazy moment, but I thought it was such a good reunion. And also it reminded me why I like these people so much, you know? DJ James Kennedy got to be emotional and he got to be an asshole. Like he, he walks away at one point because of Brock, who's just sometimes just acts like a doofus. Tom Sandoval, of course, cried two times during the DJ James Kennedy announcement. And that's what you want from Tom Sandoval. I love when Tom Sandoval cries. Ariana was great. You got to see, you know, Katie and Schwartz pull in and we got to see a little preview of the Schwartz and Sandy's bar. And I don't know, man, I sat there with a smile on my face for the whole time and I liked it so much more than I liked this season. I really do think we got a lot of play for a season 10. If it happens, I really do. We even got to bring up Jax. Jax is a little bitch. You guys, we got to find out from Lisa and Tom had told me this. He said he didn't know if it was going to make the episode and it did. Lisa finally lets us know that Jax was not, uh, he didn't quit. He was let go. So Jax, once again, a liar, even on his out. Uh, and we find out that Jax is the one that told Lisa Vanderpump that Schwartz and Sandy's was happening. Jax, not even on the show, busted them out and said, Lisa, these guys are doing a bar behind your back. 
what a little bitch. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, every time I try to give Jax the benefit of the doubt, he acts like a little bitch. Like, I know everybody saw him at Disneyland, and I hope they had a good time. And I know Britney's really sweet, and everybody says Britney's really sweet. I don't really know Britney. I've met her one time. But she seemed really sweet, has a great smile. But, I mean, Jax is a little bitch. And I just will not be able to stand how he hates Sandoval. I mean, I get that. I just don't like that at all. And he wants to hurt the people that are still on the show. I mean, it's just so obvious to me. And like I've told you guys, my roommate has been making her way through the entire Vanderpump Rules series. So I've got to walk in or just flat out watch episodes with her. Um, and it's been fascinating watching this dude. I sometimes forget or you get away from a show and you're like, you know what? Maybe Jax wasn't all that bad. And then you watch it and you're like, holy fucking balls. This His behavior is knocking my dick into the dark. Dick into the dirt, dick into the dirt. It is knocking me off my coal mining ass to watch the behavior of this man and that watch all of the lies. That season, you guys, when he cheats on Britney with Faith and tries to lie about it and like makes Faith look like an idiot, makes Faith look like an idiot, which then of course like prompts the Stasi Kristen thing. I it is so dark, you guys. And then the tape recording is found where Jax is bad mouthing Brittany and saying he never wants to have kids with her and all of this. It's just all so dark. And I know we love it, but like that season was so dark and so good that it almost ruins us for anything that comes after on Vanderpump Rules because we had that season. It's so good. It's also the it's not about the pasta uh season. Uh, we have multiple DJ James Kennedy um, crying and anger uh, segments. It's just kind of wall-to-wall a perfect season. If you guys have not checked it out in a while, they have every season on Peacock, and you can just roll right through that thing. It is what I mean. I imagine a lot of people put on background music when they get home, like, oh, this will just like just put on background Vanderpump Rules. That's all you got. Like, just put it on like you would like a nice jazz album or something. You're like, ooh, these are my favorite musicians playing. Who are you listening to? Season six Vanderpump Rules. Yeah. Listen to the way Jax plays those lies. Um, so that's that. I'll talk more about the second part and we'll talk about it together. I was on Dana Wilkie. Uh, you guys, of course, know Dana, $25,000 sunglasses, but she's much more than that. Uh, she has always been great to me and I've been on her show a couple times. She's been on mine, but I was on her YouTube channel talking about the first part of the reunion. And of course, as it always does, it goes into 40 different directions. You can find that on our YouTube channel. I think it's like an hour and a half if uh, for any reason you need more of me. And I thought it was a fun conversation. And I got to debut my new background look with all my little uh, Bravo toys. And I'm, I'm trying to get that. I was telling you guys before Christmas, trying to get that so I can do some filming for YouTube and stuff. So I'm playing around. We finally got the desk uh, set up this past week and I'm really excited to use this more. I had a ring light. So I'm testing things out. You guys, it's like avatar in my bedroom right now. No biggie. Also, I opened up the show with a uh, mashup of gorillas, Flo Rida, of course, and Taylor Swift. And the reason I do that, I did that song specifically because on Monday, we had a feud brewing between Damien Albarn, who is the um, creator of Gorillaz, but also he is the head of the band Blur, a Brit pop band that is 
great, and he has solo albums. He just played at the Walt Disney Hall tonight in L.A., but he's also kind of an idiot because he got into a feud with Taylor Swift. He did an article for the L.A. Times where he um, he lets us know that he thinks Taylor Swift is not an actual songwriter. So in this interview, he said, um, I know what co-writing is. Co-writing is very different to writing. I'm not hating on anybody. I'm just saying there's a big difference between a songwriter and a songwriter who co-writes. Doesn't mean that the outcome can't be really great. And some of the greatest singers, I mean, Ella Fitzgerald never wrote a song in her life, he added. When I sing, I have to close my eyes and just be in there. I suppose I'm a traditionalist in that sense. A really interesting songwriter is Billie Eilish and her brother. I'm more attracted to that than to Taylor Swift. It's just darker, less endlessly upbeat way more minor and odd. I think Billie Eilish is exceptional. So Taylor, uh, I wasn't even aware of this article and it would have been probably just forgotten about, but Taylor saw it. And I love this about Taylor. I love somebody that, I mean, for all her success, she still fights for respect. But what I love is that she demands respect because she knows she has the goods to back it up. Now, you cannot like Taylor Swift's music. I'm okay with that. We all have different kind of eardrums, right? But if you watch her process, and I've grown to watch her process over the last couple of years, it's truly astounding. She really cares. She really is striving to make some of the best pop music that we have right now. So Taylor Swift saw this and tweeted with a, you know, a retweet of his quote and saying, I was such a big fan of yours until I saw this. I write all of my own songs. Your hot take is completely false and so damaging. You don't have to like my songs, but it's really fucked up to try and discredit my writing. Wow. And then she did another tweet under that saying, P.S. I wrote this tweet all by myself in case you were wondering. Now, this immediately got like 700,000 likes and retweets and all that. Probably gave Damien Albarn, who I really, really, I love the gorillas and I love Blur, but I did not like this quote. But it probably gave him more attention than he's had in decades, which sometimes is the meaning of a piece like this, is to get clicks on the LA Times. And that's what Albarn said. Uh, he issued a swift apology to Swift. Um, and said, blames the Los Angeles Times, you guys, for publishing quote-unquote clickbait. I totally agree with you, he told her. I had a conversation about songwriting, and sadly it was reduced to clickbait. I apologize unreservedly and unconditionally. The last thing I would want to do is discredit your songwriting. I hope you understand. And then, of course, the Taylor Army, of course, just goes into full motion. But, of course, her collaborators, uh, Aaron Dessner from The National, who also produced Folklore and Evermore and, and is amazing, their, their work together... He wrote, not sure why you would try to discredit Taylor's brilliant songwriting, but as someone who has gotten to press record around her, your statements couldn't be further from the truth. You're obviously completely clueless, clueless as to her actual writing and work progress. Uh, sorry, work process. Um, even Gabriel Boric Font, you guys, the president-elect of Chile... <laughs> We're getting world leaders involved comes to Swift's defense. Here in Chile, you have a huge group of supporters who knows that you write your own songs from the heart. Don't take seriously guys that need to insult or lie to get attention. Hugs from the South, Taylor. We've got the we've got Chile involved? I swear to God, if Russia gets involved, I'm out. Like I this is done for me. Like this that is wild. I just read that. Oh my God. 
Uh, and of course, uh, Jack Antonoff had to, you know, put his two cents in. But what I think he means and what he should have kept his mouth shut about is that this is just opinion on music he likes. He likes Billie Eilish's music more because it is minor and odd. And sometimes I don't think Taylor's is I mean, it can be uplifting, but I think the majority of it is about heartbreak. But it is done in a Beatles-esque way where you want to hum about heartbreak. I could go on and on about how brilliant I think Taylor Swift is. And I think it's also in that thing that you know I really like, you guys, where I like people that care. I like people that strive to be better. I, I get great inspiration from that. And you can like both things, but I also find it very odd for him to use Billie Eilish as an example. Now, no offense to Billie Eilish, I love her first album so much. But also, I watched that documentary. I don't know if you watched that on Apple. Uh, what was it called? Like, A Life is a Little Blurry or something. But her process really involved her brother, Phineas. From my understanding of watching that documentary, which was really good, was that her brother really steers that ship. Like, her voice is incredible, and she really gets a kick out of her own voice, you can tell, and I get a kick out of her own voice. But Phineas is the one that are, is making those beats and is making, like, kind of Billy, like, sing this for me. Billy, do this this way. You know, I would be very curious and, and will be very curious in the future as Phineas actually gets bigger. Because uh, I know Billy is headlining Coachella and Phineas is playing as well. Um, they're really trying to make him a name as well. And we're all very aware of Phineas, if you know Billy Eilish, but they're trying to make him his own entity. But it really does, from that documentary, it seems like the writing process, the lion's share of that is on him. So I, in to me, I was like, man, dude, Damien Albarn has it all wrong. You know, it's Billy's process that is a little less songwriting, whereas Taylor, I've seen her flat out just write songs and bring it to people. And what if we did this and what if we did that? And much more um, just all about the music. And I'm not saying Billy isn't, but I was seeing her brother really steering that ship. And Billy has such a unique talent with her voice and really a torch singer uh, that kind of harkens back to the 40s. Uh, and just really brilliant. But Taylor, I don't know. I just thought that was one of the dumbest quotes I had read in a long time. And I know a lot of people emailed me about it. So I wanted to give you my thoughts since this is not just a reality show podcast, guys. This is a pop culture podcast. Oh, also, I'm not usually this person like a uh, gossip person like uh, Bravo and Cocktails or Perez, uh, as you just heard. But I got this uh, message and I just loved it. I don't think I can say this person's name. But this, the subject of this is just says Teresa and says this recently engaged real housewife had been so stressed out about rumors about her new fiance that she took diamond bracelets he gave her daughters to a jeweler friend to see if the bracelets were real. I guess she is starting to see the red flags. Oh, I shouldn't have read that subject line of Teresa. <laughs> it's, I'm guessing Teresa Giudici. I, I, that's what I'm guessing. Uh, by the way, I did see the season premiere of Real Housewives of New Jersey, which will be airing this next Tuesday. And it is fabulous, you guys. We are in for a killer season. Uh, the last minute, there was one moment where my jaw dropped. And the Louis stuff is going to be very present. Uh, Teresa's boyfriend. Oh, also, good news. Real Housewives uh, Ultimate Girls Trip, which I did a full recap of all seven episodes, 
on this the first week of January, you can go back and check my pod anytime, is finally coming to Bravo on February 7th. I saw the commercial tonight during the Vanderpump Rules reunion. So if you have not seen that, if you have not spent $5 for Peacock, that is where you're going to watch all of it. And you guys, it is so good. It is so, so good. Now, uh, of course, I would be remiss if I didn't mention the huge Bravo news of the day is... um, is, um, I was trying to think of a joke and I can't because it's so serious. Uh, Jenny, Jenny from Real Housewives of Salt Lake City has been fired. Uh, Bravo's statement about this was released finally today, this morning. Uh, I'm trying to pull it up right now. It says Bravo has ceased filming. That's a very important word. Ceased. Ceased means they were filming with her on the third season. And in my guess, that just means they stopped. So you will still see her probably on the first episode of the third season with Jenny Gwynn. And she will no longer be a cast member of the real housewives of Salt Lake city. We recognize we failed to take appropriate action. Once her offensive social media posts were brought to our attention, moving forward, We will work to improve our processes to ensure we make better informed and more thoughtful casting decisions. Wow. So I'm of two minds about this. And my guest on Thursday, we talked about this today and a lot more of my thoughts will be in that interview and will be in the next couple of weeks. As a white straight dude, I sometimes don't know if I'm the best person to talk about this because her posts weren't about me. They were very offensive towards African-Americans. They were very, I mean, it was just kind of violent and gross. And I think we all know people that have like shared memes like this. By the way, you know, there might be people out there listening who shares memes like this. Uh, I just don't think that's a good look. And you can dislike me for saying that, uh, but I would question why anybody is sharing memes of this nature. Also, I really welcome having these conversations as I always have on my podcast. Now, on my Instagram, I made a joke about this and I will continue to make jokes about that because that's how I deal with things that I don't fully understand. I don't understand why people focus on hating people, uh, on hating each other. Uh, You've heard my dad many times on this podcast is that he says we used to live in a country where I respected the right for you to have your opinion. But now we live in a country where, okay, you can have your opinion, but I fucking hate you for it. And these opinions, they just seem like really nasty and they're violent and it's just weird. I don't know how anybody would feel comfortable about that. And you might be threatened or you might be this, or you might be that, but I don't know. I think we all have to ask ourselves, is this how we want things to end and this kind of violence at some point we all have to get along. I, I know, I know that might sound like you guys might be rolling your eyes, but that's just, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry if that's just kind of like what I would hope. And I'm, I'm, I want to listen to other people's opinions and I do have my own opinion. I do. Um, but uh, I, I don't know. I think Bravo was in a really weird spot, and I want to think that they did this for the right reasons and not just because they lost 200,000 uh, viewers on Sunday on the new episode of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. But also Real Housewives of Salt Lake City is such a mess in terms of moral ground is that I mean, you have Mary who's wacky. You have Meredith, who I don't even know what's happening to Meredith this season. You have Lisa, who love her as a housewife, but I mean, we cannot 
Not say that Lisa is a narcissist, but sometimes we find those are the most entertaining people on any of these shows. Everywhere you look, it's starting to make Jen Shaw look better, and Jen Shaw's a flat-out criminal. She just is, you guys. We all know it. I mean, the fact that Jen is like, that's what's so crazy, is that any other season, we would be really focusing on Jen and her crimes against the elderly. But all this other shit is going on, and Jen Shaw's like, woo, distraction, baby, distraction. And that's all she's doing. She's screaming online of like, how did, like, I can't, I know Sarah Galley uh, from Andy's Girls podcast. She's been on the show, and uh, a lot, you know, I was reading one of her posts, and she was DMing with Jen and saying, thank you for this. And, you know, and it's like, I want to believe Jen is saying these opinions for the right reasons. But I guess the jaded part of me thinks that Jen is just saying this to cause more distraction and to get any kind of heat off of her. I don't know how you watch that show and it infuriates me where she's getting into people's faces and we're thinking she's not an asshole. Like I still like Lisa Barlow wants to give her the biggest room. Like I don't I guess I just don't understand that, you know, and I'm trying to think of the people in my life that I'm genuinely scared of that I bend over backwards for. And I think uh, I've had a few of those in the course of my lifetime, and I never end up feeling great about them in the long run. And I think there's some kind of um, what's that thing uh, when you sympathize with your captors? You know, there's like this this uh, this thing where I feel like she's brainwashed a lot of these people. Because how do you have the proof that you have on Jen Shaw? She's still telling us all she's innocent, but then at the same time, she's getting in people's faces. She's just doing the most, and. In some ways, it's kind of ruined how I felt about Heather Gay. He used to be my favorite housewife. But the way she stood behind Jen, in fact, we, Christian Gray Snow on his Instagram posted what they were filming outside of Mary's church today, uh, Jen and Heather. And I'm just like, at a certain point, Heather, like, is she that good of a friend? You're willing to suspend any kind of belief in the sense that she stole money? From older people and you just blindly believe when there's all of this proof? I don't know. Like, that's the part that I'm so curious when this trial starts, which I believe is in March. I'm hoping to be a juror on it. <laughs> uh, it'll be very interesting, right? So, uh, I've got, I should. I should just go down there and just live in some kind of Motel 6 for the uh, duration of that trial and just every morning go out with like a, a microphone of like, so bad it's good action news. Ryan Bailey, uh, what, what what are your thoughts on the Jen Shaw trial, sir? Oh, that, I mean, that, by the way, is the next stream, right? Um, Sorry, I'm just, I opened my Instagram and the first thing was from this account, Hollywood Unlocked, and it says, Demi Lovato says sex toys are better than last relationship with Max Eric. I mean, really, do we keep anything for ourselves anymore? The city, do we have to know this? Ugh, wild. Also, DJ James Kennedy, speaking of Vanderpump Rules, was spotted holding hands with a mystery woman nearly two months after his split from Raquel as Raquel suffers a mental breakdown and admits she's on the verge of panic and rage. Uh, according to Reality Blurb, Raquel actually posted a video saying her therapist uh, had to cancel on her two weeks in a row and canceled on her today, the first day of the reunion. And she really, I mean, God, I can't imagine. Because Raquel seems like she really, 
is trying to do the right things. And if you watch that reunion, you can tell this was hard for her and you could tell it was the right thing to do. And I was very proud how both of them said things. But she said I was starting to really feel like the wedding. I was having nightmares about the wedding already. And that's never a good thing. And and DJ James Kennedy said, you know, are you not my soulmate? And she was like, no, you know. And then DJ James Kennedy is like, well, we we loved each other very much, but we're not in love right now. And I thought that was very mature. And I think probably DJ James Kennedy felt a little bit of that himself. And that's why he didn't completely freak out on her. He did freak out on Brock tonight, though. <laughs> um, OK, what else do we have to say before we get into this summer house thing? There's so much shit. And that's why when I miss a day, I just ugh. oh, Frederick Edlund from uh, Million Dollar Listing has announced he is leaving Million Dollar Listing. Now, it's funny. I interviewed Josh Flagg from Million Dollar Listing last week. Was not my best interview. I think I'll put that out next week. I didn't love that interview. I'll be curious what you guys think. But even beforehand, he said he would not talk about Frederick before we went live. And I'm wondering if he knew at the time that Frederick was announcing he was leaving. Oh, and and uh, oh, my God, you guys, Kanye and Julia Fox in Paris. Julia Fox with the black swan, black makeup around her eyes that Kanye put looks like Uncle Fester from the Adams family. It is one of the scariest things I've ever seen. Guys, I don't I just make it stop. I mean, these people are starting to make me look like Machine Gun Kelly. I'm like, maybe they're not so bad, Machine Gun and Megan. It's so, so cringy. And in my Thursday interview, you'll hear me talk about this and about their theatrics and, you know, the fact that we are treating a relationship like it's a job, like Julia Fox got a promotion and we should be all like, woo, girl, you got it, girl, girl power. And it's like, whoa, you're just flying to Paris at the whim of this dude. Also, Kanye said today the night Kim hosted SNL this past year, he flew on a red eye to get Ray J's computer where a second Kim Kardashian sex tape was on and he got it for Kim the night she hosted. And he flew on a red high to give it to her the next day. She cried. She cried relief. So Kanye went and faced down Ray J. There was a second tape. I wonder how much or what that conversation was with Ray J. You know? Oh, and also Tristan Thompson, you guys. Tristan Thompson up to what he does best, which is... Raw dog and women. Uh, I'm not sure if that last part is true, but uh, somebody on TikTok caught him at a bar after the game on Saturday and he had a woman on his lap. He uh, this lady was trying to film her boyfriend and he saw the camera light go on and I guess he grabbed it and, and X out of that video immediately like the fear of God was in him. Dude, man, if you're going to like grab shit and all that, don't go out, man. Don't make everybody fucking miserable because you are. And wear a condom, sicko. Like, uh, like, dude, he'll never, ch like, guys, he'll never change until he is mm, 60 something. Like, honestly, that will be, you know, good looking dude, talented. Ba I don't even know if he's a talented basketball player because I don't like sports. Like, I love that. People are so into sports and I'm like, I don't like it. I'm good. Like, Sophie from Monday loves that Joe Burrow. Uh, I don't. I couldn't tell you what even position Joe Burrow plays, and I'm okay with that. 
the only things I know about sports are when it involves a reality show person like Tristan Thompson. Then I'm like, oh, fuck. Now I need to know about this guy. That's not fair. I don't want to do that. Uh, I did hear uh, we're supposed to be happy, though, because Tom Brady is out. Out. He's done. Uh, the, um, the Buccaneers, I think is what he plays for. They're out. And Mr. Anti-Vax, Aaron, uh, creepy hair Rogers, his, his hair looks, he looks like somebody from Nickelback or something. It looks so creepy. They're out as well. Um, so I guess this is a sports show now. This is very exciting. Oh, also you guys, hi, if anybody's listening from Reddit, I don't really go on Reddit, but I do get sent threads involving this show. Um, I would hope that you uh, you would find some entertainment value in it. All I would say is that um, I know there was like a, a thread about Sophie uh, talking about knowing Lindsay and Jason from Summer House, which we're going to get in. We're going to talk about Summer House right now. And I, I want to say on the Monday show, I was the one that brought that up. And just know, listen, I love podcasting with Sophie. I like Sophie. I do. If you don't like Sophie... That's cool too, I guess. But to go to Reddit and create a thread, it just seems like so much work. I'm just trying to do a show here. I'm trying to like make people laugh and I want I want everybody to have a good time and I have a really good time with Sophie. And I want her to have a really good time too. And I don't want her to leave the show because people think she's like bragging about being friends, which by the way, I, I was the one that brought that up. I also was teasing her about that. Uh, we have a really kind of fun relationship like that. And it, it's just like with the Tom Sandoval, I was talking about going over to his house, but at no point am I bragging about that or, or I find it all silly as you guys do. I don't think it makes me cooler because I rode in the Tom Tom mobile. I don't think it's cooler because I stole a Tom and Ariana napkin from his bathroom. <laughs> you know, like, I, I this is all silliness, you guys. So as much as I would hope everybody loves me and loves this show, I know that's not the case. And I talk about hate watching all the time, and it really bums me out to think people are hate listening. But I guess a hate listen is still a listen, right? So welcome all hate listeners. I'm glad you're here. I hope you can find something that you like. Um... But I don't know. I, I read through that thread and, and, you know, I guess do what you're going to do. Say what you're going to say. But um, uh, we put a lot of work into this. Sophie doesn't get paid. Uh, she does this with me every Sunday because I really enjoy it. I really have a good um, vibe with her. Ooh, I hate when I say vibe. And, and that's it. And and uh, if you do like this show, like I always say, give it a five star on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can follow on Patreon, all of that stuff. But um, uh, I can't tell anybody how to feel. But in just that instance of reading that specific instance, I didn't think in any stretch of the imagine was she imagination was she bragging. We've talked off Mike a lot about stuff like that, and we both agree how silly it is. But I will say, if I was ever invited to the summer house to party. I'd be like partying my balls off. I would love to do that. And I wouldn't go thinking it was, I would realize it would make me look like a complete dork, but I love it. I love summer house. I love it. It's like a fun show. I want to be, you know, this is the kind of shit on my deathbed that I want to think about of like, 
remember like when I'm like Steve from uh, and just like that Sex in the City Miranda remember remember when I had one ball and I got my hearing aid in but I I was in an episode of Summer House before you started getting finger banged by Chain Diaz <laughs> oh by the way what, see, I, I keep forgetting we have new listeners because of re, the reality gaze and stuff oh also Watch what crappens their crappy awards is this Thursday in New York. I was offered a ticket. Thank you, Heather, so much that I could not go. Uh, I would have loved to. Um, I really would have. But you can do. You can watch the whole show online, uh, and you can watch it even not that night. You can watch it the next day. I think it's available for a week after that. So check that out on their Instagram now. An hour and 24 minutes in, baby. We never do anything short, right? We always do it long, and it's eventually painful. That's what I like to do with this show. It is eventually painful to listen to, but I missed you guys, so I'm just going to punish you today by starting this an hour and 24 minutes in. Summer House, Episode 2, Spar- the, the title is called Star Spangled Drama. Now, Star Spangled, of course, is because it's the 4th of July weekend. Drama is because we ended last episode with Kyle and Amanda. Kyle going, oh, I blew it because I had fun. You're a fucking drip, Amanda. That's my Kyle imitation. Um, So already I was felt very bad going into this episode because Kyle and Amanda were on the show last week. And like I said, I didn't know. Somebody asked this on the Patreon that I'm doing like a solo episode for tomorrow answering all their questions. And somebody asked how would you have handled the Kyle and Amanda episode differently if you had seen the first episode, which I hadn't yet. And I would, first off, I would want to know what was the situation where you actually stay behind at a bar on the first night of going out in a reality show house. When you have cast members to go home and party with, why do you stay there? And also why do you stay there when your fiance does have such an issue with the specific issue Like, I understand, I think there's a whole thing and they really do need therapy in this because Kyle looks at it and we see this many times in this episode. He looks at it, you guys, as I'm not allowed to be me. I work so hard. She doesn't work as hard as I do. And I'll always be looked down on because I'm the one that cheated. Uh, yeah. A hundred percent, Kyle. Yes. That's what happens when you break people's trust. You will always, from that point on, not have their full trust and you will drive them crazy when you do things like stay out when you have cheated in those exact same circumstances. And it's so hard saying this because it's so obvious, but also it's hard saying this because I like Kyle. I do. The only inherently evil person on Bravo is Jax Taylor and maybe Jenny from Salt Lake. (laughs) Also, shout out to my boy Alex. The new guy. Listen, I like the new guy. I'm a huge fan of eating ground turkey. I have the Jenny O ground turkey quite a lot um, when I try to diet. And I love Alex's commitment to eating 80,000 pounds of ground turkey. I think those make for the best kind of characters. That's Shakespeare couldn't write a character like Alex of like waking up, eating two pounds of ground turkey, wearing a sleeveless shirt that kind of looks gross or having such a good body and having no game with women at all. I don't know how you could get a better character. And what up? But I did say this last week and I still am waiting for it because we haven't seen it. There's got to be something more with Alex. There is no way he would be cast as is. There's got to be something that we don't know, right? Come on. 
producers of Summer House, if you are listening, I know there's something else, right? You weren't just like, hey, um, get the uh, get the head of casting down here. I found this guy. Get this. Eats four pounds of ground turkey a day. Let's cast him immediately. Like, nobody's doing that. There's got to be something else. We've got to detective work this. If anybody has dated Alex in the past, please reach out to so bad it's good with Ryan Bailey at gmail.com. I would love to interview you because I have a feeling the way this is going, he's going to fuck ground turkey before he hooks up with anybody in that house. Like the guy literally is going to be fucking a couch cushion. I mean, oh, far, oh, sorry. Not safe for work, you guys. If you have kids listening, why, why, why are we doing that? Let, let's put the kids away. I'm talking about adult themes like fucking couch cushions and stuff like that. We're talking about grown up stuff. Um, so start Spangled Drama. Uh, we set up all the house last week. Like I said, we ended uh, with the Kyle and Amanda fight, but we also got to have Hub's house. Lindsay Hubbard let Carl know that she had a miscarriage. Uh, Jason from Winter House, they had uh, an unexpected, unplanned pregnancy. So we get the uh, previously on Summer House. And Paige going like, what, are you into this hot six-square Italian model? Yeah. Um, she lets us know that me and Craig have been hooking up for two months now, but it's not even that big of a deal. I am a 29-year-old. And then we have Lindsay going, don't activate me at dinner. And Carl's like, Linz, calm down. Uh, Kyle says planning a wedding the third time has been brutal. I don't know, man. This is what I'm saying. Kyle is just... Mr. Complainy this season. It's like, dude, just, pl- just plan the wedding. We don't want to hear you bitch about the wedding because then it makes it not romantic. And for women, or do I mean, we like women, we all deserve a little romance, right? Don't bitch about the wedding. Bitch about the other things. Um, we see the girls in the bed, like, you know, the, the Paige, Sierra thing. It picks right up where Paige and Hannah left off, but now it's just Sierra instead of Hannah. Um, we start back up the new episode with the, yeah, I fucked up, Amanda. I had fun. And then Amanda goes, God, shut up. And then Kyle goes, you're about as fun as a fucking piece of wood. (laughs) Dude, I also want to say I've had some of the most fun times of my life with pieces of wood. Uh, I really am close friends with a lot of driftwood and I think this is just very offensive what Kyle said, but who says that you're as fun as a fucking piece of wood. Damn. Then we see Lindsay. This is, by the way, this is one of the the toughest shows to take notes on you guys because it's jumps all around. Like there is so much action and they're cutting between rooms with characters. And it's so hard to, it's so, I love this. It's so hard as a grown man to keep track of all this stuff and notes. But I find a way, you guys. I find a way. Uh, Lindsay says this is going to be a disaster to Carl in the kitchen as they're listening. Uh, Maya, the new girl, asks Andrea, uh, did you cook when you were a kid? Like, did you have a no- uh, no-no? A nano? Not no-no? Nano, nano? Uh, a grand no-no? No-no? Nona? I think I'm mispronouncing that, but that's what they called no-no was what they called Teresa's dad in Real Housewives in New Jersey. Nana? Nana? Nana. Did you have a Nana? No, 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 no,
Uh, I think my mom uh, was even better than my grandma. And Maya goes, you can't say that stuff out loud. And he goes, at cooking, what do you think I meant? You crazy, come on, hey, I'm into cooking. Andrea is just so nice, and he really is good looking, and he really is, like, but he seems really nice. Like, I'm very, I'm very charmed by Andrea, and I don't know, am I wrong? Like, should I be charmed by Andrea? I am. I think I like him better than Craig. We've seen Craig, like, Craig thinks he gets, like, the guy's lifestyle, you know? Like, he gets it. Like, him and Austin have been playing a game for, like, years now with ladies and stuff. But Andrea, I don't know. I think I'm just being suckered into something. Uh, we'll see Craig next week, by the way, and Austin ugh, on next week's episode. I hope the episode ends with Austin just getting, like, kicked out of the house or something. So uh, Amanda, we see go back on the bed going like, I don't even know by herself. I love that they're encouraged to talk out loud when they're by themselves. So everybody looks crazy on these shows. But just know that that's a note because everybody's like, why do they talk to themselves when they're by themselves? I don't do that. Just know that they are encouraged to talk to themselves when they're by themselves. So we cut to uh, Amanda back in the kitchen and she's letting the girls know it's one of those mornings that I need all the beverages. I just literally can't talk. You know, I can't, I can't talk out anything without crying right now. And Sierra says, I got you. And Kyle, um, comes out and goes, I don't know where my shit is. Cause remember his luggage was all thrown outside last night. He goes outside. He's mumbling. We are getting married in three months. And Kyle's letting us know we had the same fight that we had today two years ago. It's like Groundhog Day. And of course, we get a flashback saying of Amanda saying, my fiance won't pick up my phone calls. But Kyle's saying this like annoyed. But once again, I feel like it's this weird thing like, Kyle, yo, you are having the same conversation because you're doing the same behavior. Like, I would hope if this was me, I would be like, fuck. What is wrong with me that I keep doing this to her instead of why are we having the same conversation? Ugh, it pisses me off so much. It's like, dude, you are causing this conversation. Like, I feel like I always feel like with these shows, I'm missing a big piece of information that would like it's like when you're missing that tiny piece of the puzzle right in the middle that puts it all together. If not, you just have this hole in the middle of the puzzle. That's how I feel watching these shows sometimes. Um, Kyle says, you know, in a talking head, we both have things that we are actively working on, but I will always be made out to be the bad guy because I cheated. Once again, yeah, dude. Yes. You seem to understand it. Learn it, live it, get past it, period. Um, and then Kyle does something that really offends me. He goes out for a run. I fucking hate people that get wasted and then go out for a run just because when I get wasted I like to lay in bed and hate myself and it just upsets me so much to see people physically exercising when they should be hungover and miserable like I have been in the past do you guys ever feel that where you're like ah I already look bad being hungover and now you're making me look worse because I do not go out for runs in the Hamptons uh, we go back to Carl in the kitchen going, where's Kyle? Yo, I think I'm going to go to the brewery today. Does anyone want to go to the brewery with me? Uh, we see Amanda. The poor girl looks like she has bags under her eyes. Just looks like she's cried out. Uh, Alex, the, the bodybuilder turkey guy, goes, uh, 
yo, I want to go to the grocery store to buy groceries, you know, look at my grocery list. And he holds up his iPhone like we're supposed to be impressed by his grocery list. Starting to get worried about this dude. And he's like, yeah, I got to buy food for myself. Like I look in the fridge and like, what the fuck up, dude? (laughs) I looked in the fridge and I was like, where's all the ground turkey, bro? We need to make a food run, bro. I got to get veggies in this body, bro. I got to eat 30 times a day or this muscle mass is going to just, it's like a balloon, bro. I got to blow this shit up or it's going to squeak out. It's going to be an empty balloon, bro. I got to get Jenny O turkey, ground turkey, baby. Um, Sierra says she will go with Alex. And I'm like, okay, cool. Kyle comes back in from the run. He's like, I'll go to the brewery. We see Amanda and Paige on the couch exchange, you know, look like, dude, once again, why would Kyle go to a brewery the day after he's in trouble for drinking and st- I- make it make sense? God, make it make sense. Um, Lindsay and Danielle, we see in another room, they're getting ready to go to the brewery as well. Uh, Amanda goes back to her bed to lay down. I once again, see, talk about a piece of wood. There is a huge piece of driftwood atop of their bed, and I feel like it's a fire hazard. Like, I feel like somebody's going to, like, set a fire and, like, like live underneath that piece of driftwood. Like, it's it's such... I don't know why, but that piece of driftwood really stands out to me and not in a good way. I feel like it's a safety hazard. I, By the way, if I had done that Kyle and Amanda interview again, I would ask them about what's it like to sleep under a huge piece of driftwood. Um, so, uh, Amanda lies down we see Paige getting in bed with Sierra again. And she's like, good luck trying not to be my friend this summer. Good luck getting rid of me. Kyle, we see comes into bed with, um, Amanda and he goes, babe. And she goes, what? I fucked up. I didn't see my phone. I don't want to fight all weekend. And she's like, it's just so unfair, Kyle. We cut to, um, Lindsay and Carl Lindsay uh, is talking to the dishwasher and Carl's like, what? And she's like, I was talking to the dishwasher. And Lindsay's like, I'm done with you, dishwasher. (laughs) Uh, We go back to Paige's room with Sierra and Paige is like, we're like the grandparents from Willy Wonka. And by saying that, she means that they smell and they guilt people into giving golden tickets, which we know the old grandfather did to Charlie. He was like, Charlie, I'm an old man. I'm Steve from... Sex in the City, and I want to go to Willy Wonka's. Well, dude, come on. Willy Wonka is just a classic. Gene Wilder in that movie as Willy Wonka is just so good. Um, Kyle's like, I fucked up, babe. I fucked up. Uh, we see on the screen it says 12.57 p.m. Like I said last week, I get so excited when they put up those numbers because I just, in my head, I love to think that a crew member was like, Yo, clock it. 12.57 p.m. Special moment. Let's make sure we hit this in the show. And they're just getting a shot of the, the house. Um, <laughs> we see Alex uh, in his bedroom looking at his guns in the mirror. This guy's wearing another sleeveless shirt, and I'm starting to be like think it's like a thing with him. And I always wonder with guys with muscles, is like, do, do they think we don't know they have muscles unless they wear a sleeveless shirt? Like, yo, dude, I get it. I get that you are ripped. Like, I don't know why. Like, I, it, it must be like an extreme insecurity. Like, guys with small dicks drive really big trucks. Like, that's just, that's a no-brainer, right? Um, so all uh, Carl and Kyle and Lindsay and Maya and Danielle are in the car. And they're making fun of Alex. And they're making fun of his, uh, 
lack of sleeves. And Carl goes, just sleeve them all about like leaving them all. It's cute. And Maya says, my new goal is to be the first one with a good pun this summer. And Kyle's like, love your commitment to low goals. Aim higher. Lindsay says in a talking head, I don't know how the miscarriage is going to affect me. I don't know if it's going to be a roller coaster for me. I have zero attachments this summer. and I'm going to have a hot hub summer. I'm going to do weird shit. She says, and by that, I'm almost positive she means butt stuff. But, like, I love... Lindsay is a weird chick. Like, but, like, cool. Like, I like people like... When, like, Lindsay is a strong woman, but she loves to get weird. She In this car ride, she says some shit that is wild. Um, but I love... But also, she says she has zero attachments. And I felt really bad for Jason because she said she didn't want him to come out. But I also said, it. you know, it's complicated. And she's like... I'm free as a whistle. And I just don't understand that. I, I I thought she was still had a little thing with Jason, but according to this, no. Kyle asks Maya, hey, Maya, have you ever had like a female lesbian moment? Which is just a interesting question to ask anybody that you've just met uh, one day ago. And Maya goes, no. And Lindsay goes, of course I have. I've munched a box and my box was munched too. Now, for all the kids at home listening, uh, box stands for a vagina. And that's what she is referring to here is that she has licked a vagina and a vagina of hers, her vagina on her body has been licked. And Kyle says, I have the hardest boner ever. I have the hardest boner I've ever had right now. And everybody's like, because ah, they're all friends. We cut to Andrea back at the house. He's uh, looking at some ragu sauce and he's like, you do you ladies want me to make you some pasta? And Paige is literally needs waiters because she is so wet. <laughs> she's so turned on by acts of service by a hot guy you just you see her light up like i'm not the only one that sees this this is why i'm interested to see her around craig because with andrea she just lights up from within and i can't be the only one seeing this so he's like yay i'll make you a pasta by the way i was picturing Paige when i wrote that line of like she needs waiters because she's it's like flooding where she lives she needs that kanye balenciaga chunky boot that he's wearing every day now that i find so disgusting by the way think about how smelly those balenciaga boots that kanye wears every day are because those are the same boots they've got to be he's got to be like that smelly kid in third grade that you're like he's the weird kid that wears chunky boots all day and then he takes them off and it's like jesus What's up with Randy not washing his feet? That's how Kanye, like, I feel like he's, like, overly cologne, and if he kicks his boots off, it is smells that would make your lack of smell from COVID, like, your smell would immediately come back and go, and, like, damn, dude, why don't you just throw away those boots? <laughs> um, Paige is, like, to Sierra's, like, I am obsessed with Andrea. Uh, Andrea lets us know in a talking head. He goes, me and Paige made great memories in Vermont. Like, no time has passed. I feel comfortable saying anything to her. You know, some private stuff, you know, like saying some touchy stuff. I like I like to touch. Um, you know, it's like no time has passed. I love a Paige. Um, Alex and Sierra are going to the grocery store. Uh, he's like, uh, we need beer pong balls. We need Red Bull. And uh, Sierra's like, you get really competitive at um, beer pong. He's like, I do. I do. We're both type A personalities. 
He lets us know that he was raised in a family that put him into all sorts of activities, Chinese calligraphy, abacus, which abacus, what? Baseball, basketball, soccer, violin, piano. And he said anything under 100% with his family was failure. Alice, Alex asked Sierra, what made you want to move to New York? And she says, well, when I turned 25, I was like, oh, shit. I don't know if I want to continue in nursing or stay in Atlanta. And I'm kind of having a quarter life crisis. It just hurts me to hear somebody say that they're 25 uh, being older. We cut to the other group at the brewery, Carl and Kyle high five on the way out of the car. I love guys that randomly high five. And especially when they're being filmed, it reminds me of Top Gun. We're like, I feel the need. The need for speed. High five, high five. Lindsay is wearing blue blockers to block blue balls, she says. I mean, they're not all winners, Lindsay. You can't make everybody laugh all the time. Kyle is drinking an IPA. Uh, the other girls order a drink called Weekend at Bernie's. And Carl, being a god, says, Could I get seltzer with lemon? And Carl says, It's good to be off campus. This is a pretty good squad we got here today. Pretty good squad. Always be wary of people over 35 that say squad. That's just a tip from me to you guys. Be wary of people that say, we got a pretty good squad here, and they're 38 or 39. That's going to end badly. They ask Maya, what's it like being new to the house? Lindsay says, yeah, I didn't hear at all what you said last night. All I heard was engagement. And Danielle was like, yeah, tell us more. And Maya says, well, yeah, I had an engagement. We called it off. I said, I can't do this anymore. We were having the same fights. I mean, you know, I was just shy of 23. I was with him for six years. I was always in his shadow. And we find out, you guys, her ex is Kwame from Top Chef. Do you guys remember him? He was great on Top Chef. She said, I would find myself being identified as somebody that just worked for him. And my ego, it really hurt. He was very popular. Be, you know, it, it just sucked for my ego. And Kyle asks, well, when was the last time you went, you know, you visited that well? He means sexually. And she's like, well, the well was visited a few times. And he's like, when was the last time? And she's like, a month ago. And I'm, and Kyle's like, nice, nice. All right. Keep on rolling, baby. Cut to Andrea is making the food. Uh, Amanda, we cut to, she's burping on the couch. She's, I mean, by the way, this episode, Amanda is disgusting. She burps so many times. Paige says, your eyes aren't puffy at all. You look great. And Amanda says, the whole thing is weird. His drinking has definitely been an issue and he's cheated. It's been four years, but it's been four years of trying to figure this out. I cannot take the drinking and the behavior that comes with it. I want to save this relationship. How am I supposed to marry you if this is how you continue to act after you know how I feel? And Paige says, how many times you're going to have this combo? And Paige says, this isn't the first summer. And she goes, that's why it's so frustrating. Can't you see how much I'm struggling? Why don't you want to change? And Paige says, does he understand that he's on the brink of losing you? And she goes, I don't think he wants to believe it. And Paige says, is there any part of you that says, no, I don't want to do this? And she goes, no, but there is a part of me that says, what if I can't? And she's crying, you guys. And Paige gets closer and goes, look, I know it's fucking scary calling off a wedding but guess what? It's less scary than hating someone for 15 years once you do get married. And it's your fucking life. You can't make people change no matter how much you love them. And Amanda says, I'm at my breaking point. I have to make a really hard decision. And I'm like, damn. But also I'm like, damn for Paige, because you know, once Kyle saw this, he was like, fuck you. It's so, I have allergies so bad. 
Um, okay, new scene. By the way, also, where the fuck is Luke? I actually DM'd with Luke a little bit. Luke is a really nice guy. He's always been a really nice guy to me. And I think he's going to come back on the show. Sandra, if you're listening, he said he really wants to come back on the show. Because I was like, where the fuck are you, dude? You're mi- I am. I, I want to see Luke playing his guitar and doing his little hockey moves and just going, bro, let's make a fire. I want that, you know? Um, Andrea is still, uh, Andrea has passed out the pasta to the ladies. Like, you like a de pasta? And Paige is like, okay, Andrea, what have you prepared for us? And Paige is like, this is like a weird food fantasy porn thing. And Andrea's like, do you like it? And they're like, it'll do, pig. It'll do. Sierra and Alex come in with the groceries. And Sierra's like, I want to make a burger. And Andrea's like, hey, you want to make a burger? I'll, I'll make it a burger for you. And Sierra says, okay, I, I'm going to cook uh, broccoli. And Alex is like, are you really going to eat broccoli? And Sierra says, yeah, we're a big broccoli house. Which, by the way, that would be an amazing shirt. We're a big broccoli house. What if we made like a stupid line, like a throwaway line from one of these shows like what the show is known for, like the slogan of the show is summer house. We're a big broccoli house. And, uh, Alex goes, sorry, I'm just judging you by the breakfast you ate. And Andrea's like bacon. I love the bacon. Come on. Who doesn't love the bacon? And they're like, what did you have? And he goes, thanks for asking three eggs, half a head of broccoli, pound of Turkey and two pieces of toast. And Paige just looks like, what the fuck are you doing? And she goes, whoa. Cut to, uh, they're all making food. Uh, Andrea's making the burgers. Alex is cooking salmon, I think. Maya and the rest of the gang walk in. Kyle screams, rosé! Because he brought a bottle of rosé, I'm guessing. Amanda hugs Maya, but doesn't hug Kyle. And Kyle's like, what the fuck? Uh, We also find out the house likes crunchy asparagus, not soft asparagus. So if you're keeping track at home, watch, write that down. Um, Paige is in the room uh, and calls Craig, you guys. So Paige goes off in the room, calls Craig and goes, what are you doing tonight? She's like, he's like, I'm going out with some friends. We had some friends last night. And she's like, did you laugh? And he's like, yeah. And she goes, that's all that matters. I love when Paige tries to be the cool chick. I just want you to laugh. Did you hang out with Carrot Top last night? Did he make you laugh? It's all that matters. <laughs> um, so in a talking head, Paige uh, goes, I'm juggling two hot guys, an Italian model who's making me pasta, and a Southern gentleman who is awesome. I am the cutest, happiest girl in America. This is what 29 years old should be like. We cut to the dinner table. Amanda lets us know that tomorrow, the 4th of July, will be the first party that they've had since Raver Day weekend. Kyle says, the 4th is like my favorite holiday. It's America's birthday. And they're like, are you going to cry? We see Amanda just on her phone, like clearly disgusted by any word that comes out of Kyle's mouth. Like Kyle can do no right at this point. We find out that Danielle's boyfriend, Robert, is coming in to make seafood uh, broil. Uh, Carl breaks a chair. Uh, he, he's still fun. Um, and then we have one of my favorite moments of every Summer House uh, episode is when they just dance with abandon, with reckless abandon. Like, all of a sudden, it's like, 
and then like Sierra gets on the table and everybody's trying to dance sexy and you can tell like Carl is even like okay here get me twisting my hips okay you know like they're kind of going through the motions but I still love it I'm like yeah I love me I'm like yeah of course we all dance after dinner right like who doesn't do that I think that's the thing I think that's the thing is that I truly want to be one of those guys that dances after dinner, you know, that like, oh, it was a great meal. Anyways, uh, time to do the running, man. Like that really sounds like they always do that in movies in Summer House. Um, Lindsay is humping Sierra. Shots are now being had. Carl's like, let's dance. Let's go. Carl tells Sierra, that was a pretty professional dance you did on the table. Like Carl, I got to like, I am very envious of Carl and I think he looks so good and he's put his life together in such amazing ways but do you guys notice and I don't think I'm like Carl doesn't have the most game in the world like his game is standard game where it's kind of like he puts it out there but it also kind of comes off a little creepy and I'm like that's a very professional dance move Sierra that you did I love that very much it's not like I don't know. Maybe in person, if he does it to you, you'd be like, what? But it it kind of reads a little stuttery in a way. Do you know what I'm saying? Do you guys know? Do you guys watch it next time and see if you guys agree with me? So um, Paige and Andrea share a shot. And Amanda says, this is what you're going to do on your wedding day. And then forces them to kiss. Andrea all of a sudden has his shirt off. And then all of a sudden his pants are off. And he's little, little in his little undies. He's grinding on her. The girls go upstairs and all the girls are like, your move, Craig. <laughs> You're not going to be able to thrust your pelvic region into Sierra like that. Because also Craig's just a larger man. He just doesn't have that kind of little lithe, tiny dancer body that Andrea has. <laughs> um, and Alex is like, that wasn't very gentlemanly of you to grind up on her. Like this guy is just full of ground turkey right now. He's just being a full nerd. And... Andrea's like, yeah, it is Southern gentleman, huh? You dance on a girl. It's very nice. Come on. I entertain a girl. I'm an entertainer. Um, <laughs> so we're all partying in the house. Kyle's in a chair with a wig on. He slides back in the chair. And I guess his chair hurts Amanda's foot. And she's like, fuck you. And he was like, I was trying to be funny, babe. Relax. And she's like, you're not funny. Go away. And she goes to the bathroom. He follows her in. He's like, you okay? And she goes, no, I'm hurt. And he goes, sorry, I hurt your foot. Also, when anybody has that of like, sorry, I hurt. They're not sorry. It's like the defensive sorry of like, well, I guess I'm sorry I cheated on you then. <laughs> she goes, we have a problem, Kyle. And she's like, what? he's like, what's the problem? We have a problem. We can't talk about it here. You know, we are not going to do this in front of our friends and stuff, but we have a problem. And he, and he immediately goes to, why don't you call the fucking wedding off then? I could be sober or drinking and you're going to hold it over my head forever. But you know what, Kyle? Have you ever tried it being completely sober? You know, he's like, I could be sober or drunk. I'm like, you've tried the drunk thing. Have you tried the sober thing? Like, maybe I'm not seeing something. And uh, Kyle goes, I'm done. I'm done. And then he goes outside by the cars with Danielle. And he's like, she's not the only one not happy. I can't make her happy. I'm tired of her putting everything on me. She hasn't done shit for our relationship. He starts crying, you guys. He goes, I do everything to, like, try to take it all on. And I get nothing in return, man. 
And she goes, Danielle, we live and work together and she doesn't want to do either. <laughs> he goes, dude, Danielle, I don't know what to do anymore. I'm fucking miserable. And then Kyle goes inside and he gets in bed. He's like, I'm in bed before midnight. This is fucking stupid. <laughs> but like, listen, I'm not saying that Kyle is like has no points, right? Like, I don't know. Maybe Amanda doesn't like maybe Amanda isn't like that much of a worker. But I will say and I will say when I interviewed them last week, I brought up the fact that she was in charge of Loverboy merchandise and did a really good job. And it was one of those moments. If you listen back, I remember clocking it and like Kyle going like, yeah, I guess like he didn't really give her like full like, yeah, she like, you know, like, oh, yeah, she does amazing. She was just like he was like, yeah. And I, I kind of like clocked that moment of like, that's weird. He kind of didn't give it up fully for her. And I don't know, maybe there is like some weird work shit with them, but he really seems like she's, and that's so fascinating because you know they are so codependent and they love each other in this way, but that they are very, they also deeply hate each other, which sometimes is what a relationship can be, unfortunately. Um, So um, we cut to Amanda belching again the next morning. Uh, we find out there's a 100-person party happening that day. Carl is setting up all the Loverboy cans. Lindsay's popping champagne, saying, Happy 4th! Uh, Sierra says, I want a breakfast sandwich. Alex, of course, like is like, You guys talking about food? What's up? Alex is like, You got you haven't eaten yet? And they're like, Yeah, we don't wake up at 6 a.m. like you, dipshit. Like, I feel like we're one episode away from the whole house actively bullying Alex. Like, shut up, Alex. Go eat your meat. <laughs> Go eat your ground turkey and shut up. Go do some push-ups and come back to me. Andrea goes, Hey, it's the first summer holiday. I usually spend in Europe. I miss my family. Oh. Um, he lets us know that he's super close with his family. He's an only child. He grew up as a mama's boy. Robert is finally there, you guys. Danielle says, We have been living together for nine months and he got his dream job in as a chef in the city, but now I never see him. And she goes, when I met Robert, I was like falling in love with a chef. I will be well fed for the rest of my life. And she says, I've never ordered more delivery in my life. Um, Danielle and Robert are in her room. They're wrestling, being very cutesy. And she's like, you're a lazy son of a bitch. And he's like, I'm a lazy son of a bitch. Uh, then the whole house is decorating the house for the party. And Alex goes, hey, if you need something to be picked up, let me know, please. <laughs> if you need anything that uh, needs muscles, please let me know. If if you guys need any tur uh, ground turkey eating, let me know. I'd love to eat that ground turkey for you guys. We cut to Paige, Amanda, and Sierra. And Paige says, there is no way Andrea doesn't know about Craig. There's just no way. And... Amanda's like, if Craig comes, will it be weird? And Paige's like, not my problem. <laughs> and Amanda says, well, Kyle, we're having such issues. Kyle doesn't realize it's as big of an issue as it is. Um, and we have to talk about it, but now is not the time. And you just sense the producers going, yo, it is the fucking time. I want you to talk about it. Like, I love when somebody says now is not the time. And you kind of like in my head, you see the, the camera drop. We're like, what? What did she say? We've got families to feed. You better fight. Kyle says, 40 minutes to the big party. Uh, Carl lets us know that the grill is a good central meeting place. And it's a place, Carl says, it's a place for me to turn the heat up. You see what I'm saying? Like, there's a little thing there that's kind of dorky. And it 
kind of makes me happy because if he was fully perfect, I think I would never be able to forgive him, you know? Um, he says in the past I would be doing shots this year. Uh, shot Every year I would be doing shots, getting hammered, but I'm in a very different place. So the grill is a safe haven. Come check out my meat, he says. That's another bad joke. Alec, uh, Alex, of course, is steaming his clothes. He's steaming his tank top or his sleeveless tank top. Uh, Daniel and Lindsay are talking and they're like, Daniel's like, oh, I wish Robert could come out way more often. Uh, Lindsay says, I am single Lindsay. I am hot to trap, hot to trot. I can't help the form, the pheromones coming out of my body. I feel like we should ban the word pheromones. Pheromones really is such an animalistic word. And Lindsay says it two times this episode where I'm like, who taught Lindsay this word recently? Cause she's using it way too much. Um, Maya, the new girl says, it feels like this is my coming out party into the single life. Cause I haven't been single that, that long. We cut to people coming in. It is 1.56 p.m. Once again, they put it up on the screen, and I'm like, remember that time, 1.56 p.m. There's tons of people. Amanda says, are you ready to turn the fuck up? All the girls do a shot. Amanda gets really drunk, like, you know, not Kyle drunk, but, like, pretty loose this whole, like, episode. Andrea is on the, the DJ mic, and he's like, yeah, Lego and Kyle goes, that's our Italian roommate. I can't make out a word. He says Kyle is in his 4th of July wig that we have come to know and love. Uh, Kyle tells a stranger that he's having a rough day. We see people in bikinis. Kyle says, I'm having a hard time starting, starting the old wagon going. Amanda is dancing around with a bottle of fireball in her hand and a bikini. She looks great. I mean, very, very you know, pretty Kyle is talking to Danielle again. He's like, I don't wish this on anyone. I'm trying to plan our third wedding. I have no spark. My spark is done. I love that. A man is out dancing drunkenly. And Kyle's like, I am questioning everything about my life. I have no, I have no get up and go anymore. My get up and go got up and went, uh, cut to Amanda shaking her ass. And, uh, he goes, I feel helpless. <laughs> <laughs> we see Amanda kiss Paige with a shot in her mouth. Uh, new scene. Everybody truly is turning up. Uh, I wrote the note. Alex is a dud. He really is. He is a dud. But I kind of like duds because it kind of gives you something to make fun of. You know, like there's enough main action happening for me to have somebody like Alex there. It's like this kind of it's like a flavoring and it's not a good flavoring. But you're like, what is this? This is there's something in this. What is it? It doesn't taste great, but it's. It's definitely a flavor. It's a little muted. Um, I get, I'm just going to work on this other course right here. I'll come back to this. Uh, Sierra says, Alex, you kind of seem uptight. And he goes, I'm only uptight about working out and, eat, and eating right. <laughs> Maya, we see trying to flirt with some guys. Carl is showing Sierra the cupcakes with flags on them. And he's like, hey, you're looking good. <laughs> Carl's fully trying to put the moves on. Um, Lindsay, we see hitting on guys. She's like going up to random guys. She's like, do you want to trade bottoms? And he's like, I don't have underwear on. She's like, really? Amanda says, I don't love Kyle right now. I don't, I don't love Kyle right now, but she says it in a fun way. We see a flip the cup tournament happening. And guys, if you've never got to play a flip the cup tournament, they put a little bit of beer or drink in it and you drink, you pound the drink and then you flip the cup over and have it land on the right side. And usually a relay race of four people on each side, you guys, 
one of the funnest times of my life was when I was like 23 or 23. And I played a flip the cup tournament in Arizona with my buddy Dusty at this big pool party. And there's a picture of me with like victorious arms in the air. And I swear to God, I've never looked this happy since. Like we won that tournament and I was the last person. And I, you know, you, I get very nervous and I get like, oh, I'm going to blow it for the whole team. But I was able to drink the beer. Yeah. And then flip the cup and it landed. It was just, they're, they're going to make a movie about it someday. It's, it was that good. Um, we cut to Alex talking to some girl going, uh, yeah, I'm half Asian. I get really red. I have to take digestive pills. <laughs> he goes, sometimes I get gout. And he asked this girl, what's your type? And she's like, Bear Gorillas. And he goes, oh, a lumberjack. Okay. And then he flex, flexes his back muscles as he walks away. It's really weird. Shots of Robert cooking the seafood boil. Danielle is annoyed that he is doing that and not paying attention to her. Sierra walks past Carl and kind of takes her shirt off in his direction. And Amanda points it out to Carl. And she's like, yo. And he's like, she is who I'm attracted to here. And he, and he goes... She goes, it's a long summer. You both live here. And he goes, but I don't know. You know, I don't know what makes her tick. My life is different right now. And Lindsay checks in at this moment. It's like, Carl, how's your first party with sobriety? And he goes, I woke up, felt good, meditated. You know, I feel good. We get the Chiron up, says 4.53 p.m. Everyone's doing shots. It's intensifying. Lindsay says hello to a Ryan, which I pretend is me. She goes, hey, Ryan. I almost pulled that sound clip because it made me feel good about myself, but it's some other guy there. Danielle tells Robert, I want you to be out here always. And he goes, yeah, but I might not be able to be here at all after this. And she goes, I just want time with you now. And you're making you're making it a thing. And Robert says, well, moving forward, that's what it's going to be because of work, which I don't know he needed to go this hard, but I also don't think Danielle needed to make this such a point either. And Danielle says, I want you to try to have a schedule. And, you know, it's, man, schedules are the bane of my existence. Sandra knows. Sandra tries to keep me on a schedule, and I really appreciate it, but it's so hard, especially nothing ever takes the time that you think it's going to take. It always takes twice as long. And... um Robert says, sometimes I don't know what I'm going to be doing a day in advance. So they're fighting, new scene, the food is ready. Lindsay says, whatever pheromones I'm throwing off, it's working. Once again, with the pheromones, like she's some fucking tiger. Um, she goes, I feel like I'm on top of the world. I have a pep in my step. She's gallivanting, screaming. She's like, that's my plan. If I want to suck on a nipple, I'll suck on a nipple. Who cares? But like, where did that nipple thing come from? Because there was no nipples around. She's like, if I want to suck on a nipple, I'll suck on it. Like, did I miss a scene where she sucked on a nipple? Like, where did that come from? Lindsay says, every guy has to talk to me here. Um, Alex, at this point, picks up Lindsay and throws her in a pool. <laughs> I don't know why. And then Kyle is doing a shot with the girls. He's like, are you are you guys going to send it? Let's send it. Like, that's cheers. Maya's talking to more guys. And she says, I've spent my whole life in relationships. It's so foreign to being out of a relationship. I'm terrified. I don't know how to date. You know, that's where I am. We cut to Lindsay uh, walking around, guys. And um, we see Carl... Oh, yeah, yeah. No, sorry. 
we see Andrea talking to Paige, and he goes, he's drunk. And he's like, hey, I like you a lot, Paige. We have a beautiful memories, you know, from Vermont. I, Vermont's a very special winter house, you know. It's not the alcohol. It's me talking like a real person. I'm talking like a real person right now, Paige. And Paige is like, he. She's like, if you're, ha- if you're happy, I'm happy. Those Vermont days mean a lot. I want you to be happy, Paige, whether it be me or, or somebody else. And Paige is like, no, I know. And then this girl, Gilda, comes and he's like, hey, one second, Gilda. And like all of a sudden hugs Gilda and Paige is like, what? We, um, we see Amanda, like Kyle tries to put like a Hawaii lei on her neck and she takes it off and tells Kyle, she's like, seriously, stop. Like Amanda just is not giving him any room. And I thought, like, Kyle, this would be the perfect time to cry like he did in Winterhouse. Like, if he cried, I think that would win Amanda over. She loves when Kyle cries. Um, Carl tells Sierra that you're an old soul for a 25-year-old. And she's like, yeah, you know, and I moved to New York. And he's like, yeah, you're on your New York shit. <laughs> you're on your New York shit. Come on, man. Carl says, uh, you know, Sierra, I'm trying to talk to you. You know, we've never had, like, a one-on-one like in probably a year and a half. And he's like, you know, clearly when I saw you, I was like, this girl is gorgeous. And Sierra's like, yeah, I know. And he's like, but I'm in a lot, I'm in a different place now. Like I'm single, you're single. And she's like, I've always had my eye on Carl, of course. But me and Austin hit it out in Winterhouse. But he made it clear he wasn't ready. And Carl is looking like the whole entree. I love when people talk about other people like food. Carl is looking like a chicken thigh. Carl is looking like a tabbouleh. Carl's looking like a beef stew with mashed potatoes. Um, Carl says, hey, I'm still exploring the balance of my sobriety, but I think we could have a lot of fun. Because she asked him, like, well, what if I'm drunk and you're not? He's like, he's like, yeah, I think it'd be awesome if you're hammered and I'm not. Like, he's like... I could probably do things to your bodies that you would not remember. Um, Carl says, yeah, I'm, I would love that. We cut to Andrea throwing a girl in the pool. He's like, hey, he's like having fun. And she's mad, though. And, she, and he goes, yeah, you can throw me in the pool. And she pushes him in the pool. Uh, and then Paige like comes up to him and pours like lover boy into his mouth. And then some girl walks right up and slaps him and goes, you piece of shit. And Paige is like, excuse me. The girls walk off. Paige feeds him more lover boy. Andrea's bleeding a little bit. She's like, he's like, that was bad. Oh. And I guess she might have had her phone in her hand, and that's why it went in the pool, which would make me live it as well. But you can't hit somebody at the summer house. There's got to be rules in the summer house. We can't just go willy-nilly hitting people. Uh, Paige is like, I will love nothing more than to kick those girls out. So she goes in. She's like, girls, it's best if you girls go. I'll walk you to the door and you can escort yourself out. And then she slams the door. And she's like, get the fuck out of my house. And then you guys, my favorite part of the episode, we see four boxes. Boop, 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 boop. Four different areas of the house. So exciting. Kyle, we see going, wow, wow. Sierra tells Maya, there's like a vibe with me and Carl right now. He's smart, he's responsible, and he's everything I need. And I want to fuck him so bad. And he has a huge thing. I know it. I love when girls, like you, like I, it's like girls are way filthier potentially than guys are. Like she's like, I want to fuck him so bad. He's got a huge dong. I know he does. 
dear baby Jesus, dear Lord, if you're listening to Ryan Bailey on So Bad It's Good tonight, please, please let Carl Radke have a medium-sized dong. Please, please, God, please. You've given him so much. Please, God, make him have a small dong. Please. You can let him have four balls if you want, but please let him have a tiny, girthless wee-wee. Please, God, please. Your servant, Ryan. Uh, amen. Uh, please do the same prayer at some point today, you guys. Um, so Amanda is really feeling herself, Danielle says in the pool. And Maya says, yeah, I don't have that confidence because we see her like dancing on top of the jacuzzi. Um, they're talking about Kyle and her crucifying him. Danielle seems to be a little bit on Kyle's side. Some girl comes up to Kyle and says, I hear you are the funnest one here. And he's like, no, not today. Um, Andrea, he is in bed. He's needs his mommy. Um, he's like, oh, somebody slapped me. Danielle and Robert are talking about their negative conversation in the pool. And Danielle's just not letting it go. She's like, you're being ridiculous. Just go away. Um, we cut back to Andre. He's like, the first time in my life I experienced some, I experienced shock. I couldn't speak. And Paige is like, don't be upset. He goes, I'm not an emotional person. Like, I feel inside. I feel sad. And she goes, I know. Let's snuggle, okay? Uh, and she goes, did you do this to get me in your bed? And he goes, Paige, everything I told you out there was it true. What I told you earlier. And... Uh, She's like, do you think I was mad? He goes, no, but I just always, I want to, I want to be straight up. And Paige goes, hey, with Craig, I want you to know, I met Craig three years ago. You know, I was single. He broke up with his girlfriend and it kind of made sense for us to start dating. It had nothing to do with you. And he goes, uh, I was sad Craig didn't tell me personally. You know, I was scared to walk into the summer house and look at you. And what I, you know, and I like seeing Paige. I like it. And she is loving this, you guys. She has the biggest smile. You can see her girl boner go, bing. And she goes, you can't be mad at this face. Look at the cute little Paige face. This is giving Paige so much power, you guys. Like we, it's like... Her ego must be out of check at this point. And uh, she does say, yeah, but like, you know, at one point we were mid-sex and you told me that I was the smallest person you ever had sex with. Which, by the way, Andre's like, hey, you're the smallest person I've ever put my penis in. Ah, all right. That's so bizarre. And he goes, uh, hey, I don't want to be weird, but I have to go to the bathroom. Do you mind? And... Uh, we cut to Paige now with Sierra. She's like, I told him about Craig, but he is so hot and he's so nice. Fuck, I don't know. That's the end. And then we get next time on Summer House. The devil is coming. Austin is coming this weekend. Craig is coming this weekend. Um, Maya says, why are you juggling so many men? Um, Andrea saying um, to Craig at one point, hey, do you mind us having a chat? And Craig's like, okay. Oh, you guys. I'm so excited. Like, this is going to get so good. I pray to God that we do not have to see Austin eating Lindsay's ass next to, next week. It's really important to me that Bravo cuts that scene because 
I still have nightmares about it. You guys, it is one in the morning. We have spent two hours and 15 minutes together. I hope this makes up for the lack of show on Tuesday. I love you guys so much. Thank you so, so much for listening, for making it possible for me to do this. I will talk to you bright on early, bright on early, bright and early on Thursday. And uh, I love you guys. I love you, mean it. Bye. Betches.